Hey everyone, welcome back to Pretending with Dice. As always, I'm your host and game master, AJ. Uh, this episode is the first part of our brand new Shadowrun storyline, which we're calling A Giant's Thing. Uh, joining me for this intro, uh, you know him and you love him as prompts in our D&D stories, is Eden, who has GM'd this whole story arc for us. How's it going? Not too bad. Hello everyone, I'm here to be DM this week. <laughs> and for the next couple of weeks. Indeed, indeed. I think we're, this is a, we're, we're, we haven't finished editing it all together so far, but we are. I think we're looking at about a four-episode story arc, aren't we? It's uh... yeah, yeah. It's come together nicely, and for it to have all happened on one night, and for me to have taken my first swing at DMing, and for it to have come together the way they did, I'm just really pleased with it, and hopefully. Other people will listen to it and tell us that they're pleased with it as well. Yeah, we, we had a ton of fun recording it. It was just me, me, you, and Jason. But I think by the end, it was the, the usual case of brains are starting to melt. But mm. to get it all out in one night was it was just like, okay, here's a marathon thing. Let's do the whole thing. It, it was a lot of fun. Absolutely, that that moment because it wasn't planned like this, ladies and gents. There were, there was a moment where we, it was meant to be two sessions, mm. and Jason has kind of caught me and like taken me to the side before we'd even started playing. And was like, I think we can do this in one, and then we can get more Dungeons and Dragons fit. <laughs> I wish it said that to me. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> right but, up until right up until we were three hours in, and I was like, I was looking at the clock, going like, well, we'd better start wrapping this up because we're going to be rec- we'll record the second half another time. Jason came out with well we'll do it all in one go shall we <laughs> yeah surprise yeah I, I think that even in spite of that that like we, we've made the best of it and it's absolutely come out pretty bloody well like, I, I've only listened to the first part that you've edited obviously so far yeah and it's I, I think it's come together beautifully like, I haven't heard the finished product so and that's always a, a an extra level of production what have you like listeners if you're enjoying that tell them <laughs> <laughs> please t- tell me I'm smart and good yeah, because I think it's pretty bloody incredible. And anyway, I could, I could wax lyrical about this for yeah. ages and ages, but we should let you listen to the podcast. Well, I, I think as well, we we should maybe put a little bit of a content warning. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Compared to, I mean, we, we've made no bones about it right from the start of doing the podcast, that look, there's, there's some swearing, there's some adult themes. Um, let's just say that we maybe go a little bit more towards the adult themes in, in this storyline. I think that's completely fair to say. Yeah. <laughs> I think that quite quite rapidly we end up, I won't say in the gutter, but <laughs> skirting the gutter. Like we, we, we go all the way around it, we take a good look into the gutter, but we never quite go there. <laughs> and yeah, a little bit more swearing than previous episodes, a little bit more allusions to adult content, things that maybe if you've got a 12 year old that likes the adventures of Pronto and FA and Borg, you might not want them listening to this. In, w- in which case, just wait four episodes, we'll be back with more D&D. Exactly. But I, I think, yeah, I think listeners are going to have a lot of fun with this, but just, just to be aware, you know, those of you who have a maybe more sensitive disposition when it comes to what should we say raunchiness <laughs> effing and jeffing <laughs> effing and jeffing yeah just be aware there's a there's a, bit, a little a touch more than normal but hopefully you'll enjoy it as much as we had uh, as much hopefully you'll have as much fun listening to it as we did when we we played it and that so uh, absolutely because I I I, I threw a few risky characters and things in there things that I mostly (laughs) wanted to do to see like how the hell were these guys going to react to it I do have a couple of favourites maybe maybe we'll talk about those next time after the first part's gone up and we'll do it at the the next intro or something sounds like a good idea to me yeah anything else to add before we uh, we jump into this I think I've covered the bases I'll just say enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> okay then. Uh, so without any further ado then, let's get into this storyline. 
Okay, guys, right, are we ready to play some Shadowrun? We sure are. Yeah! <laughs> Why have we gone all, like, American? I don't know, we're being upbeat. This it's is high energy. The Brady Bunch. Even in spite of the sweltering heat, we're just uh, going to bring the, the high energy and the good times for people. I can't believe it's so hot at 7.30 in the evening. Oh, it's ridiculous. It is utterly ridiculous. Anyway, enough complaining about the heat. We're here to play Shadowrun 5th Edition. And straight up, up front and centre, I know I'm going to say this again later on, but anybody that's really au fait with those rules, know that we're playing fast and loose. It's going to be pretty rules light, I yeah, think. Yeah, this is um, very rules light. Future I, rules, if you will. What I've realised in my planning for this is that not having ever run any kind of game like this ever before... And not being like, I'm familiar with Shadowrun concepts, having played games and stuff. Sitting and reading the rule book and re realizing quite how detailed and complicated it all was, we've sat down and I've had to acknowledge to myself, I am a narrative focused person. So we're going for narrative 100%, yeah. and there's going to be a little bit of dice rolling as and when, but we're here for the story, which I assume you are already if you've listened to previous Pretending with Dice episodes. So I would hope so. Yeah, I should think so. Yeah. Without further ado, gents, uh, I'm playing with two people today. We've got your usual GM instead playing, and that's AJ. It's a me, AJ. Hey, <laughs> and spaghettios. Got, uh, today I'm playing uh, Salus, an elf decker. Mm -hmm. And uh, beyond that, we've got Jason playing, who is previously you'd recognise as Enethe. See, I can pronounce it. Fucking hate you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I normally play Enervate. I will be playing a completely different character this time uh, because playing grumpy people all the time is really boring. Uh, so I will be playing uh, Giles, a an um, a human uh, adept, and I will be punching things probably. Yeah. Yes. Did you say your name? You're I'm, Eden. I'm Eden. Yeah, Eden. I didn't even say my yeah. name. I'm not even going to introduce myself. Yeah. You know my voice if you, you listen know me. to this podcast. I'm yeah. back. This is Prontz. Yeah, it's Eden Prontz. Yeah. I've, I've done little voices here and there. You're going to hear it now and again. And yeah, this is my first time GMing, so... You're going to do great. It's going to be good. Yeah. As I said, anybody Shadowrun related, please don't judge me on the basis of, like, I'm looking at the rulebook and juxtaposing this against what yeah. you're doing. We're having fun here. I feel like people know our deal by now and, yeah. like, know that um, this is very much going to be more... I mean, like you say, we're, we're going to be following the rules. We're going to be doing everything, you know, as close as we can. But it's going to be more rules light and more in favour of like, hey, this is a story in the setting. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we, we generally go more for like the comedy and the, the stupid storytelling rather than anything else. People get the idea. Yeah. yeah. So without further ado, gentlemen, shall we shadow run? Yes. Maybe you just use it as a fucking verb. <laughs> yes, I'm that cringeworthy. We're doing the American upbeat thing. You right really? Now. Yes, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a classically trained actor, don't you? Know? <laughs> Stop that. Right. We need to start doing callbacks to things that happened before the show. <laughs> hey, that's a good reference. People will get that. Anyway, right? Yes. Let us let us do the running of the let's shadows. Shadow run. Okay, then, gents. We join our characters as they ride towards the small village of Cern Abbas. They ride in the back of a hired car. Their driver, a man named Bill, speaks to them as they drive along. Alright boys, where are you going then? I've been through Cern Abbas quite a few times and usually, well, I'll be honest with you, 
The guys that come through here are quite rowdy, but you you two look like quite um well. I don't I don't want to say it too much, but odd sorts. What are you up to? Well, I'm, I'm just I'm looking for somewhere somewhere to stay, and I I believe my companion here is going to be coming with me. Is that that, that right, Giles? Isn't it? Something to do. Yeah, well, companion, uh, what kind of companion? Uh, oh, uh, just like. Uh, I, well, we just. Ah, oh, no, you don't. You don't have to worry about it, mate. Everything goes down in certain abyss. We've seen all kinds of stuff around here. Oh no, I don't want you to get the wrong, the wrong. No, no, no. Say no more. Say no more. It's all good. Discretion's the game, mate. Discretion. I mean, he, he puts his foot down <laughs> and speeds into the night towards uh, certain abyss. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps his eyes straight forwards. Having decided that this conversation is perhaps headed towards a direction he's not that fussed about knowing more about, I, I turn to Jarvis. I'm, like, I'm sorry. I, 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 I just get flustered when people ask me questions. I just wish you'd be more honest about the fact that we're fucking. <laughs> <laughs> the driver's ears prick up again, and he uh, reaches forward, switches on the radio, turns the volume up, and a pumping techno beat drowns out any conversation that he might possibly be hearing. As you drive towards the small glowing village, you can see on the hillside, illuminated, a large chalk figure. Huge wang. Massive stick in his hand. Any reaction? Well, that, that's, that's, that's certainly pro provocative, isn't it? Looks like you. Oh. oh. <laughs> I don't think I've ever carried a stick that big before. <laughs> Regardless of the conversation, the driver continues. Pulling into the village, you see the remnants of a past boom time. Cernabus is a town famous for that chalk figure on the hillside, an ancient relic that at one point had been suspected to have been magical in origin. But when the return of magic came, Cernabus was revealed to be nothing but a mundane taunt towards Oliver Cromwell made in the 17th century, and all of the attention that came that way quickly evaporated. The town had boomed in terms of its uh, sexual output, shall we say. Many, many pe people, salons, psychics, shamans, had turned up purporting to be able to reinstate one's vigour and what have you. Many of the shops have since closed because, well, the magic just wasn't there. And as you pass through the town you can see closed buildings left, right and centre. Perhaps one in every third building has something going on, but the rest are all clearly closed down knocking shops. Porn outlets and dildo factories. The smokestacks on the dildo factories <laughs> no longer pumping out the steam. <laughs> <clears throat> Quitting time at the dildo factory. <laughs> Moving along the high street, you see your destination, the Giant's Inn. You've been hired by a man named Tommy. What little you know about this job is that he's trying to save a woman from a life of debt and servitude. The details are sparse, but she is being forced towards working in the town's major club, the Giant Sin, which is run by a man named Jimmy Oskins. These are all the details you've got as you approach the bar. You know you're going to be paid well for it, so make your entrance. Okay. I want to, well, first pay the... Before the... Well, if you want to speak to the taxi, taxi driver... <laughs> okay. Uh, look, look, I'd appreciate your, your discretion in all of this. Look, I, I know my, my companion can be a little bit big-mouthed and everything, and... Um, and uh, but uh, we're we're just we're just passing through and uh, like anything. Look, look, 
This is very awkward. You're kind of letting me ramble a little bit, but um, <laughs> yeah, mate, mate, mate. Honestly, I've, I told you, discretion's the name of the game. I don't care. You, you put it where you like it. I, I don't. I don't give a damn. But well, well, look. Um, how much do we owe you? Uh, that'll be uh, two hundred million. Two hundred. I hand over two hundred of my six hundred new yen. <laughs> well, it's been a long drive. I see that look on your face. Don't don't judge me for making a nice living. It's fine, it's fine, it'll look okay. okay. So I just have to have to cut back on some of the essentials. Ah, uh, yeah, well, you'll have a good time here even without money, you two. And with that, he uh, closes the door, drives off. Okay. So, you uh, outside the Giant's Inn, it's a traditional looking pub. The Giant's Inn has been in Cernabus for a couple of hundred years. In fact, it's one of the oldest buildings in the village. And uh, that sense of history is dripping off of the place, although it has seen better times, that's for sure. And very clearly, it's not a very popular location, as there doesn't appear to be much footfall or any people particularly coming in or out. Well, this, this all looks rather quaint, doesn't it? <laughs> so I've seen worse places. Yes, let's, uh, let's go inside. Sure. As you enter the bar, you, it, it, as I said, it's quite a typical country pub. There's a simple bar front, it's got all the pumps and what have you, there's a nice bar back, and there's all the spirits and what have you. Behind the bar sits Tommy. He's a big troll of a man. He's uh, looking quite down. He's, he's clearly looking around the bar forlornly at the lack of customers. There's one man in the bar. He's leaning forwards over a pint of bitter. He's got his head down and his eyes transfixed on the booze. As you walk in, Tommy looks up towards you, a spark of recognition in his eyes because he's seen details about who you are and he knows who he's hiring. Ah, oh, boys, boys, come back here. Get, get, get back over here. Get away from the door, quick. Oh, well, okay. I'll, uh... Don't have to tell me twice. Yes. Moving into the room, do you, how do you want to join him? He's sat behind the bar, so you're okay. going to take a seat? Yeah, uh... Is it? Does he? Is he showing any signs of coming out from behind the bar? Is he he's no. He's propped yeah. up at the bar. He's very, very clearly the landlord, and okay. he's got. His, there's almost a groove built into the uh, the surface that he's leaning on because that's his spot. He's always yeah. Okay, I, I guess I just pull up a pull up a bar stool. Can I get you boys anything to uh, start the evening off? We got a lot to talk about. I, I have a cranberry juice. Cranberry juice, right? Ah, uh, quadruple of whatever your best spirit is. Ah, that's a bit more like it, okay. Right, um, uh, rock gut, here you go. My personal preference, rock gut, so that's what you're gonna get. Uh, four shots of rock gut, here you go, and uh, one uh, cranberry juice. Thank you very much. Yeah, enjoy it. I will. <laughs> Make it last. So, gentlemen, uh, I don't want to keep it too uh, informal, so let's get straight to business. Um, I've, I've had a run-in with a local man. Um, I've got a lot of history with him. His name is Jimmy Oskins. He's the boss of a local gang, and uh, well, he's he's trying it on with somebody that's the, one of the few like gems that's around here. I mean, I don't know quite how to describe her other than this. She's lovely. Her name's Bonnie, and she's in a lot of debt. She she's been accruing debt trying to help the people around here. She works in a local clinic, and she's spending her own bloody money because there's no nothing coming in here. There's nothing good in Cernabus anymore, and. Quite frankly, I can't stand to see her go down. I, knowing Jimmy, he's going to do terrible things with that girl, and I need you guys to do something about it. Simple as that. A couple of thousand new unit apiece. 
So, it, what do you reckon? Can you do something for me? Never found a problem I can't punch in the face. Ah, uh, Spirit, what about you? Well, yeah, I'll, of course, I'll help any way I can. I don't want to see anybody taking advantage of her. Right, okay then. Well, now we got that out of the way, I'll tell you a little bit more. Right. In this town, this is how things work. Since uh, since things have started falling apart and what have you, I mean, it was quite a few years ago at this point when the magic got revealed to be nothing and the big giant's cock turned out to be a bit limp. Let's, quite, let's be frank about it. And since that time, we're down to about two or three establishments. There's me here, Giants Inn, and we deal with the locals. There aren't that many of us left. And quite frankly, those of us that are left, we don't have any money to spend on fuck all. So I don't really sell much, and this place is mostly a run-through for your lot. I, I put up shadow runners, and you twats come through, bring your problems, and then fuck off. And this time, it's going to work out for me. You got it? I don't want you to come back with any problems this time, alright? I've already got my own problems. <laughs> Keep them to yourself, alright? So, with all that in mind, the second place in town is the Giant Sin. The Giant Sin is the biggest knocking shop around, for miles. This place brings in people from the major sprawls, the cities, all the dregs, all the people that want to come here doing weird shit. I don't like that, and quite frankly, as you can tell, that's why I don't want Bonnie there. So, Giant Sin. God, it, it, that bastard named it that. Dieter, this German twat, this Euro trash, named it that to wind me up. That's got to get confusing, hasn't it? For Well, yeah, I mean, I had a horrible feeling like the taxi driver might take you to the wrong place and put you right in the lap of the bloody arsehole that I'm trying to take down, but it seems like you guys pronounce things properly, so it's alright, isn't it? Oh, no, 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 I've always prided myself on my pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, you seem the sort. Focusing on the other, <laughs> focusing on uh, Giles now because Salas's attitude and general demeanour of sort of slightly hoity toitiness, shall we say, is irking him. Yeah, no, that happens. <laughs> Class. Tommy, uh, as I say, he focuses his attention elsewhere and uh, continues. So yeah, this this guy Dieter, he runs the place. He's he's the main one that's sort of running the club. He's the one that brings in all the elements. He's the one with the connections as well, I think. I, I don't know quite what goes on with him. Maybe you can find out that while you're at it. But um, yeah, he's the one running the girls and what have you, breaking their minds. He's got this girl, Dasher. Now, Dasher is a piece of work. Um, silent. I've never seen her bloody talk. She looks well bloody upset all the time. She's a problem. She's bloody big. You're going to have a real problem with Dasher. She's fucking huge, in fact. She's the muscle of the operation. Oskins, he's my age. We went to school with each other, and he holds up his hand. He's missing... holds up both of his hands, in fact. He's missing the ring finger and the forefinger from both hands. He did this to me. We used to run game together back when this place was booming. And yeah, this why I'm here and he's there. Because quite frankly, this is a wind up. This is, this is my life right now, is just living in the gutter, watching that guy live it up. And he loves it. In fact, he comes around here every now and again. Yeah, I see you doing your crab thing <laughs> with your hands there. What do you think you're doing, son? Like, yeah, I get it, I've been crippled here. That's rather rude, Giles. Sorry, I was just trying to figure out how you drink with these. Well, like this. And he takes your rock gut and he backs it. And it's awkward, it's certainly awkward in his hand, but he's well practiced. Joke's on you mate, didn't pay for it. <laughs> he belches, cleaning your face. You might want to get that checked out, fella. Ah, uh, yeah, whatever, it's lovely, I love this stuff. It'll rot my gut, but whatever. My... 
as I've explained to you, I ain't got much to live for, so let's get on with this. Dasha, one you were looking out for. Don't take her on head first, I'm telling you now. Have we got to watch out for Prancer and Dixon as well? Right, so those are the main players. They've got a couple of boys that also work for them, and there's a few lads out on the street around here that, like, they don't work directly for them, but you just don't want to be known to be associating with me and let them know about it, let's say. So keep your head down when you get out of it. That's why I wanted you away from that bloody door, because if they see you walking in and out, they're going to know that you're working for me, and that's the end of it. We're rumbled. Well, I, I'm, I'm all about uh, being discreet. I, in fact, the, the more time I can spend off of the street, the better, really. I'd... Oh, well. Yeah, you don't, you don't look like the sort is going to do well at night around here. Might get dragged into a dark alleyway or something. Well, that, that doesn't sound preferable, really. Uh, so long as you give me somewhere I can plug my uh, plug my gear in, I'll, I'll be out of your hair. Okay then, chaps. Well, if there's anything else you want to know, I mean, I can point you towards the club, let you know where you're meant to be going. Ideally, what I want you to do is get into their computer system somehow, because that's where uh, this Dita guy, he keeps all the details of the debt in there, and he's bought... Uh, as I said, Bonnie's got this debt from buying all this medical gear. She's got it on the black market. The debt's been transferred to Dita. So, it's as simple as that. You get the money out of Dieter's hands, or whatever way you can. Threaten him, I don't give a fuck. Just get it done. I know all about black market debts. <laughs> Let's see what we can do. you got pictures of these people, so we know who to avoid. Or who to punch. Well, I don't, unfortunately, but I'll be frank with you. These guys are going to stand out like bloody sore thumbs. As I said, Dasha, she's the easiest one. You're going to see her fucking mile away. She's like two foot taller than everybody else around here. Huge hulk of a woman. And she's got this big old scar across her throat. Probably the reason why I've never heard her talk. Now that I think about it, I didn't put that together before, but yeah. So keep an eye out for her. Dieter, Dieter, as I said, Euro trash. Real piece of shit German, that guy. Always wearing a white suit. I don't know how the fuck he keeps it clean, dirty as he is, but there you go, white suit, you see a guy wearing that, There's nobody around here wears anything like that, dirty as this place is. And um, Tom, Jimmy, well Jimmy, he's, he looks a lot like me, big old troll guy as well, I mean we're not as big as Dasher him and I, and he's ageing a bit, but you see a guy looking a bit like me, got all his fingers, bit mean looking, oh missing an eye, thanks to me, that's him. Henchman, what do you reckon? Yeah, yeah they're going to be hanging about the club. You're going to see them. I reckon you're going to be able to f figure out this out for yourself, guys. Like, yeah, that all sounds straightforward. I think uh, avoid all of these characters, don't you think? <laughs> or punch them. One way or the other. But as I say, I don't give a fuck how you do it. Just don't let them know it was me. And make sure that Bonnie gets out of this all right. Don't say this is for Tommy. Okay, got it. Hear me out. What if I punch you in the face before we leave so it looks like we've pissed you off? Well, any association, it would be a bad idea. I'll be quite frank with you. I mean, that's just going to beg more questions, isn't it? What are you doing in town coming and punching me in the face? Someone paid me to. I don't like the way this conversation's going. You seem a bit edgy. You seem a bit adverse to being punched in the face. Funny that. <laughs> <laughs> at this moment, the, uh, the old man that was staring at his pint sort of grunts to himself like... <coughs> You right there, fella? Aye. Can I help? Nope. You gonna shut the fuck up then? Aye. Good. Eyes straight back down on the pint, he takes a sip, looks up towards Tommy afterwards. 
Tommy afterwards and raises an eyebrow. Tommy looks back at the barfly, whose name is Barry, <laughs> and says to him, Oh, don't worry about them. They're, going to, they're just going to go and save Bonnie. You know Bonnie, that girl that comes in, looks after you every now and again? Aye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gee, they're going to go and sort her out. Oh, yes. Aye. We'll, we'll, we'll be helping, uh, I, I think. Yeah, don't mind this old guy. He's, he's, just be, he's an alcoholic. Bonnie comes in, sorts him out every now and again. So, gentlemen, let's move this on a little bit, shall we? Yes, yes. You've got a room upstairs if you need it. Um, I'm going to give you 48 hours because this can't go on and on. I need to put a little bit of time pressure on you. So, 48 hours. You can go upstairs, have a rest tonight, get going if you want, or you can get straight out of the door. I, as I say, I'll point you in the direction of your clubs. Pretty well lit at night. You're going to find your way pretty easy, quite frankly. Well, I wouldn't mind unpacking my stuff before her. Okie doke. Little Lord Fauntleroy wants to get his uh, luggage undone, right? What about you, lad? Do you want a good job done or not? Let him do his work. All right, fine, fine. I'm just not used to his type around here. I, I, I'm more of a city boy myself. But... Yeah. <laughs> yes. Fucking All right then, boys. Well, let's get you up to your room then. With that, he uh, comes out from behind the bar and leads you towards the door that's in the room. Takes you upstairs. There's a couple of very simple beds. It's it's a sparse room. It's very clearly this is just like hostel level living. This yeah. is, as he said, a place that runners come through. They come in, stay for a night or two, move on. Mm-hmm. So okay. What do you want I, to do? Uh, I'll put my. Uh, I guess I'm. I, I was going to say suitcase, but I haven't got like a full. I've got like a kind of um, specialist kind of case that I keep my deck in. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I've also got like a kind of small kit bag that's got change of clothes and things in. So I just kind of put the kit bag um, sort of down to hide it underneath one of the beds. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep the case with me. It's sort of strapped onto my back sort of thing because I always need it. And then I, I put my, I've got a, got like a big long coat. Mm-hmm. So I put the, the deck case on underneath the coat. Do you guys want to take a second now that I think about it to give a full description of like what your characters look like? Yeah, sure. Just so we got people's minds eyes can be filled hmm. in. Just do okay. it in, in voice, in character in voice. voice. <laughs> Introduce yourselves as your characters. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Celas is uh, an elf, uh, kind of scrawny, obviously a uh, bit of a shut-in. Um, doesn't see a lot of sunlight normally. Um, you could tell just a bit of sort of. A bit on the pale side, even for an elf, um, kind of shoulder length, uh, not quite platinum blonde, but like very light blonde hair, which looks like it's washed once in a while, um, but uh, otherwise fairly well kept together, although fairly sort of straightforward, simple simple clothes. Um, kind of get the feeling a little kind of down on his luck when it comes to having nice things. <laughs> Cool. Uh, Giles is a uh, human. He he's kind of the epitome of short man syndrome. So he's about five three. Uh, he's got uh, shaved side of the heads. Uh, kind of an attempt at a mohawk, but he's not particularly good at it. And um, looks very much like he just stepped out of a Streets of Rage game as one of the bad guys. So <laughs> biker's jacket, ripped sleeves, torn off things. He's got fingerless gloves on. Thinks he looks hard as fuck. Um, is kind of hard as fuck, but does, it just looks ridiculous, basically. Yeah. Quite, quite the odd couple. <laughs> Opposites attract. Okay, so we've got a, a mind's eye view of your characters now. Um, what do you want to do in, in the bedroom, um, Giles? Staring at myself in the mirror, basically. 
you know, comb your hair and make yourself try and do try and do my hair, like fail a, miserably, like a greaser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Having to stand on tiptoes though, because the mirror is a little bit taller than I'm comfortable with. <laughs> okay, Doug. So uh, you've got your gear all set up. You're comfortable. Uh, you can check into the Matrix if you like. If there's anything you want to do around here, yes, yes. You want to have a, What that. do you want to do? I just want to check for. Okay, there's two things I want to do. I want to check for any uh, messages from my sister. Okie doke, that's simple. No tests required for that. Okay. Um, your sister, t- fill me in. What, who is your sister? Uh, I've got a, a younger sister who I had been kind of taking care of a little bit um, right up until... Uh, actually, you know what? I'll do a bit of a backstory dump. Okay. Backstory, go. But, yeah, if you want to both... Th- yeah. th- this is an opportunity. We can both do so, that. So, uh, Salus originally came from a fairly upper middle class family Did, you know growing up there was money and that um, around when he moved out he was sort of fairly well set up didn't really have to work too hard at anything um, decided to sort of move into the the, the city um, where his younger sister had been uh, been living and um, kind of fell in with a little bit of a bad crowd around then and a at one point got uh, robbed all of his high end stuff was taken and being a little bit kind of naive about um, money having not really had to sort of worry about it too much up to this point uh, took a bit of a dodgy loan from two orcs called the McKenzie brothers to buy himself a new deck and didn't read the fine print on the loan um, so has been reduced to skipping town and taking jobs where he can get them, um, including this one, mm-hmm. really to try and well, one stay just ahead of the McKenzie brothers and just to kind of stay going a little bit. Okay, sort of thing. Well, there's no message from your sister waiting right now. Okay. So what else would you like to do? If, if well, the other thing else? I was going to just <laughs> do a sort of surreptitious search to see if the McKenzie brothers have been spotted anywhere, <laughs> like not necessarily in like local, just to mm-hmm. see if like. See if I can get a general kind of um, sort of feeling about kind of where they've been active recently. Okay. So the thing to see, like, are they currently (laughs) being like uh, known to be off doing something somewhere else that is not got anything, any possibility of running into me at all. Right. Okay. So you you check the matrix um, local area from where you came mm-hmm. came from, local businesses, places you know that the McKenzie brothers were involved with at some point in time. Yeah. And were likely to have been coming through on a regular basis. You check bulletin boards, people having conversations about events in the local area. And there's hints that the boys are doing their usual operation. There's talk of coercion and people having to pay for protection, that right. kind of deal. But no specific mention of names such as the way of this thing. Okay. Right. I just, yeah. Essentially, I was just trying to get a sort of testing the waters as like, does it feel like they're not on their usual game (laughs) and they are maybe hunting down a particular elf who might have skipped town on his debt? No, no. They're they're very much doing their thing in the local area, keeping their business going. Okay. Keeping attention on uh, their interests as it were. Okay. That's good. Yeah, that, that was essentially what I wanted to check. I feel like that's something he, he, Salas is checking at a fairly regular interval because it trying, makes sense. Trying to stay one step ahead of having his knees broke. That's it. Don't want that taxi that you drove into have been tracked or anything. No, like that. and that was, that was partly why I asked the guy to be discreet, not only 
due to the why why don't you tell them we're fucking kind of comment <laughs> <laughs> but also down to like okay just, just don't know why you're not I don't know yeah. why you're ashamed <laughs> yeah it's okay. passionate and true love <laughs> 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 okay, um, so you've checked the matrix, uh, you jacked back out, you're left in the uh, bedroom. It's about 10 o'clock at night right now, mm-hmm. uh, so any nightlife that is going to be happening in CERN Abbas is in full swing right now. What, what few businesses are still in operation. Um, what do you guys want to do? Well, I, I feel we should probably check out this uh, this giant sin, if that's... Uh that's where the hub of all of this is at the very least get a sense of what the place looks like makes sense okay with that um, are you guys you both carrying weaponry with you right now yes what are you going to do with it do you, are you going out with it given the nature of Britain within the world of Shadowrun mm. um, and for the sake of anybody listening in that's like a really dedicated Sh- Shadowrun player I hope you're going to forgive me with the fact that like I'm playing quite fast and loose with some of the setting things Britain is not in entirely established within the Shadowrun lore, so I'm kind of doing my thing here. Um, so yeah, if I'm doing saying anything that's truly egregious, you're going to have to excuse me. Yeah. And it's as simple as that. Um, so, with that in mind, what was I going to say? What are we doing with our weapons? <laughs> what are you doing with your weapons? Yes, yeah, in Britain, you're not really supposed to be having firearms at all unless you're licensed. Licenses are very hard to get hold of. Both of your characters, I think, do have licenses. Shotgun possession, yeah but it's still like no open carry if you're caught mm. with this like it's meant to be for hunting and for like target practice it's the same as it kind of is right now in this country you're yeah. really not supposed to be walking about with them my so what do you want to do my character's mostly uh, melee anyway so I've got a couple of knives and stuff tucked away but I'm more than happy most of the time I just punch things in the face so it's okay. not really an issue yeah I think yours I- is because you Giles has got a shotgun and Celis has got a uh, pistol now yes. I think the pistol's small enough that you can probably, if you want to, conceal it. But obviously, keep in mind that if you're going to go to the club, then this is a club. You're if you're going to get through security, if you want to go and check it out like that, mm. keep it in mind. I think, nervous as he is, um, he may. In I think in I'm kind of thinking of Salus as thinking of this as kind of like okay, we're just going to do a quick first recon. Mm-hmm. First, I probably won't need to bring my gun with me. Just, okay. you know, because he's, he's almost not even confident that they'll get into the club based on what Tommy has told him, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so he's just kind of like, this is to him going to be, oh, we'll just do a quick look-see and then, you know, come up with a plan from there. So okay. I'm going to leave the pistol buried in my kit bag underneath. Concealed in a way yes. that it's not immediately obvious for, to people walking into your bedroom. Hmm. Okie doke, so your bedroom's secured, you've got a lock on the door as you leave, you can close that and lock it and I assume you are going to. Yes, yes. Um, so you head downstairs, Tommy catches you. Where are you boys off to then? Uh, you, you off to work straight away? Um, yeah, well, we're just going out for a little bit of a, a bit of a wander around, uh, t- taking the, uh, the, get the lay of the land, that sort of thing, I think. Okay. You got a back exit out of here. If we're going to be, if we're going to look suspicious going out the front, we may as well not do it. You read my bloody mind, mate. I was about to point you out here, and uh, behind the bar, he opens a door, which leads out towards the uh, the store area in uh, cellar. You can see stairs leading down, but there's also a door that leads out to the back of the building. It's very poorly lit, and it leads out into an alleyway. He opens that door and uh, gestures towards it. 
Right, boys, out here. As I say, keep your heads down. Don't talk about me. Not a word. Otherwise, we're all buggered. And, uh, well, don't have too much fun. Right, okay, well, we'll, yeah, we'll see you a little later then. <laughs> yes. Alright, see you later. Let, let's go, Giles. Alright. He closes the door and you're uh, let out into this alleyway. Um, heading out of the alleyway onto the main strip of Sir Nabus, you can see at the end of this high street is the giant sin itself. Right. Very brightly lit. It's most obviously the, the prominent feature of this village at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few straggler, straggling people out in the kind of road. There's a couple of drunks. There's one or two people stood in corners that give the impression that if you walk up to them, you might be able to get some illicit substances if that's what you're there for. Right. Do you want to head straight to the club or do you want to have a look around? Uh, what do you think? Uh, just head to the, straight to the club. Yeah, I, I would say yeah. I just see the point of dilly dallying. Okay, not really in Giles's nature. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Right. So as you head down the road, um, as I said, as you were driving into town, there's a lot of like closed down businesses, very worn out looking places. Look through the windows. There's an optician's. It's got very brightly coloured glasses. It looks like the kinds of things that fairly flamboyant people would wear, and perhaps that this is a mark of the types that come through this town at this point. <laughs> Um, you keep going and you see a large tridio display, which is basically a large hologram. Uh, on it is a a Asian man and the name Shu Han next to it. And underneath it is a slogan that says, I'll fit you in. It, it, as uh, Shu Han's face rotates within this tridio, the giant sin, a large logo of the Sir Nabus giant, its penis, Lit up in red. I probably get that checked out. A large flashing giant sin logo comes up with an arrow pointing up the road as if you needed any in, like any guidance at this point. Mm. You keep going and see that the giant sin has a few vehicles parked outside of it. It's a large building. It's kind of a warehouse. It doesn't actually look that impressive from the outside. By comparison to the giant's inn, it's very clearly a modern building and lacking in character as a result right um large neon signs again the giant his wang his big club all of it's there and it's very prominently being used in a fairly different way well in a in a fairly overtly sexual way where previously it just wasn't yeah um, at the front door you can see dasher standing there very clearly this towering beast of a troll woman oh there she is that must be the reindeer <laughs> she is uh eyeing people's IDs and taking cash from the few people that are coming through the front door, eyeing the people that are on the way out as well and shaking them down making sure they're not leaving with anything Um, she doesn't speak a single word but she's assisted by one henchman who is shouting things, barking orders, he's basically her voice he's not doing anything other than shouting at the people as they're coming through Right. Um, there's a large placard outside that's got the rates for the business entrance is 100 Various services are listed underneath. Um, so, what do you want to do? Are there any? Uh, so, th- this this sort of doorway. You said it's like a warehouse. It's it's a large warehouse. Let's say um, square building, and yeah. the door is in the middle of the the side of the building. Let's okay. say no windows. I take it on the outside. There's no windows along the front of the building. Okay. Uh, you can see towards the sides there are walkways, kind of ways of getting around the side of the building, mm-hmm. but these 
on each end have cameras. Right. And you've got the car park behind you. As you're, as you're walking towards the building, you're passing through the car park, let's okay. say, and headed towards it. So okay. as far as we can tell, at least from this side of it, there's fairly decent security. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, are we going in? Or are we? Uh, what, do you, what do you think? May as well try and get in through the front door. Well, I mean, we've got the money, but it's... Yes, that's... Okay. Lead the way. <laughs> All right, follow me. Okay. You both approach the front door... And the uh, the Barker turns to you. Dasher, as well, gives you a hard look. She looks Silas up and down, unimpressed. Sort of snorts out of her nose as if you're barely beneath her attention. Like, you're not really... You're not the type that she has to worry about. So she snorts, and the man looks at you and says, Hundred. Oh, well, hundred? Oh, okay. I, uh, I count out hundred. New yen and... Uh, he snatches the hundred out of your hand and pockets it and nods towards the door. He turns towards Giles, Dasher also turning towards Giles. She raises an eyebrow and doesn't snort this time. Gives a look of scrutiny as if to say, hmm, got something to think about with this one. The Barker, recognizing that there's a change in tone in the air, looks up towards her and pulls a confused look. She ain't pulled a look like that for a very long time. Who the bloody hell are you? Name's Giles. Just came over because I couldn't help but notice how beautiful you both are. Dasher tries to hide a smile. Desperately. The corner of her mouth curls up ever so slightly. And you think there's a hint of a blush, but she's turned her face down and shoved her shoulder into the Barker in a way that's kind of encouraging him to get on with his job. And he looks towards her and is like, oh, what the bloody hell's going on? Oh, I guess it's a hundred then. Cheers, darling, here you are. She turns even further away from you, hearing you say darling, and looks down and sort of... You see her shoulders move up and down a little bit, and the Barker goes, get get in there. Like, I don't know what you're doing to her, but sod off. Don't know what I'll be doing later either. See you later, darling. (laughs) She, Dasher, hearing that, runs into the club. (laughs) <laughs> You're both welcome to enter the club. Oh, well, uh, that was, uh, was a little different. Easy. Always is. Okay. As you enter the club, there's bright lights, more pumping techno music. They certainly do like their techno around here. Certainly do like their pumping. <laughs> well, of course they do. It's a, it's a brothel. Oh, it's a joke. Oh, I couldn't tell from the, the tone of your... I'm not good with... It's alright, buddy, don't worry. Okay. Just pat him on the forehead, like, quite affectionately, ruffle his hair a little bit. There's no no need to be patronising. I'm not not being patronising, you're just so cute and you're confused. (laughs) I let it go. (laughs) Okay. So thoroughly enjoying this character. (laughs) Passing through the... uh, There's a coat check. Do you want to check your coats? I do not. No? No, 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 no check I got my coats. deck on my, underneath my coat. <laughs> okay. So you keep sure. going into the club, and uh, as I say, it's fairly well lit on the main strip, but it's a long hallway, basically. A long, wide hallway is what you walk into. Right. And on each side are alcoves. These alcoves have curtains hanging from them that can very clearly be drawn across to provide some measure of privacy. Okay. 
The music's loud enough that as much as you can hear hints of various things occurring in this club, you're not quite capable of making out anything specific. The music itself is mixing with all of these sounds and it's making quite a heady environment. Right. There are exotic smells all over the place. There's booze on every table nearby. There's a bar with a very, very well-stocked service behind it with everything you could possibly imagine with various tiers of high-quality alcohols. This place clearly serves a diverse clientele from the very bottom right the way up to the top. Okay. To, to the bar, I think. We get a, get a good view of this whole place. Sounds like a good idea. Okay. Heading through the... the uh, a fairly sparsely populated club. There's not too many people in here, but you can see various scantily clad individuals who perhaps are there to offer their services, eyeing you as you pass. There's uh, one gentleman in particular, an Asian man that looks very familiar, who is looking at both of you with a very strong gaze. Oh, look at that shoe guy. Joanne, he said he fit us in. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see you've seen my video. Yeah, he was, oh, oh, yes, sir. Shu wanders over to you, having eavesdropped on you as you pass by on the way to the bar. And just before you were about to get to the bar itself, he steps in front. So, gentlemen, um, yeah, you you know Shu? Oh, yeah, yeah, we, we saw your tridio in the, the, the window over there. That was, that was right, wasn't it? Uh, you know, yes. you're, you're giving me the horn. The shoe horn. <laughs> well, that's, that's a rather good line. Does it work often? Yeah? Well, is it working now? That's all I care about. <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't know. Um, I, I'm not quite sure what I'm in the mood for this evening. Oh, I do a lot of things. <laughs> I can fit you in, you know what I mean? And that, your video said so, yes. Um, mm. Video said so, I guess. Oh, very cheap. <laughs> uh, well, well, how about this? Maybe... Maybe we'll we'll get a drink or two, and then we'll see see what see what happens later. And we'll come and find you. Ah, uh, don't be so uh, don't don't be slow to act. I'm I'm very popular around here. I kind of look around. Does does he look particularly like he was dealing with too many people? <laughs> Not really. No. Okay. Well, uh, clearly. Um. Yes. Well. Uh, as I say, we we'll, we'll hopefully you'll be free later. <laughs> he turns to Giles. And, and sees that he's very clearly trying to avoid the conversation. What about you, boy? We'll, uh, we'll let you know if we can fit you in. <laughs> ah, you get it. <laughs> and with that, he steps back with a smile on his face. And he's, he's got a look about him that's like, maybe I'm going to get paid tonight. <laughs> so, you continue on towards the bar. I like this world. This world is fun. <laughs> <laughs> you get to the bar, and behind it is a orc. He uh, looks up at you with a slight grimace on his face. He doesn't look like he wants to be there very much. No, oh, hello. Right, boys. You're what, there. What can I get for you? I'll, I'll get cranberry juice, if, if I could. Cranberry juice, and you? Fucking cranberry juice. Uh, can I have, uh, have a double of uh, whatever cheap whiskey you got? All right. He slides your drinks onto the table and uh, looks at the two of you. Pulls a slightly confused expression and says, you, you don't look like the usual types, uh, or at least not the types that are together. You don't particularly look like you want to be here either, buddy. Yeah, well, yeah, that's neither here nor there. I'm not, I'm not here to talk about me. Uh, what, what kind of stuff are you into? I, I, well, I like classical music and... Uh... Ah, mate! Nah, sex. Sex. What are you into? Oh, that's a rather personal question. 
Yeah, and you were in the knocking shop, so it feels like a pretty uh, convenient one right now. Oh, what? Yes, I suppose when you put it that way, well, um... What, what do you, uh, what do you recommend? Uh, well, uh, shoes are popular one. <laughs> But um, I, I see you were talking to him already. He, and I, he told us how popular he was. Yeah, yeah. Aside from that, we got uh, there's a guy called Escher. He's a dancer and he well he moves quite well. Uh, there's Kareen. She's an elf. Bit sad that one. Bit bit. I don't know. Some people like that. Um, and then we got uh, Vanda. And now Vanda, she's a bit of an old hand around here, but she she runs everything else. She runs the uh, the girls and the boys, but she also dabbles a bit. Now, if you want to be, uh, I don't know, the voice of experience, let's call it. I don't know quite how to put it, but you know what I mean, boys. If you want some of that, then that's where she's at. I don't know quite what to, uh, I don't, I... Nothing taking your fantasy. Oh, I see your <laughs> friend's been uh, lost for words there, but how about you, mate? And he gestures towards Giles. Any of that taking, uh... well, of course, it's, you know what, I'm forgetting one thing. There's, there's, and his mood changes ever so slightly. Uh, there's, there's always me. You do it as well, do you, buddy? I haven't got much choice about it. They make you do it. Yeah. And like I said, it's this sort of yeah, neither here nor, here nor there, but yeah, they force me. That's. If you want some, just say. How'd they force a big guy like you to do it? I've been here for quite a long time, mate. Um, it's embarrassing. Good. At this point, I would quite like to do with the first check of some sort to sure. see if we can, if you actually persuade this guy to talk to you. Yeah. Sure. Okay, so let's do, um, I'm going to say that Bert's charisma is, because he's so down on his luck and he's a man trapped, he's got a charisma of two and no particular speech skills. Do you have any speech skills that you can throw on top to perhaps give you an extra dice or two? Persuasion or uh, no, coercion no. or anything like that? You. Doesn't look like it. Oh. Okay. You have, what is it, charisma of six now? Yeah. So, um, six dice for you, and Bert's going to have two to defend himself. What you want is fives and sixes. Okay. If he gets fives and sixes, that's each one of those is a hit. Okay. So if I, I get one hit, are, you need to get two hits okay. to beat him, or it's equal. And edges re-rolls? Edges re-rolls. So how does that, that will spend, you'll spend a point of edge. Edge comes back when you sleep or rest or whatever. Okay, so it's a limited amount. Uh, yeah, okay, so. Right. <laughs> we have. Oh, that's some good rolling right there. You've got three hits, which means Buck can't win. Yeah, no, mathematically <laughs> can't win. Right. Giles so. is uh, fast talking when it comes to seducing Barman. It's not the only thing of fast, oh wait. <laughs> so you've persuaded Buck. Or right. I have. How, how, how do you want to put it that you've persuaded him? How, how, like, what's your phrasing on that so I've got something to react to? Look, a cute guy like you could be doing better than this, yo. What's, what's up? What's going on? Oh, you're not wrong, alright. Well, I'll be honest with you, and it's embarrassing. I've got quite a debt built up. I've, uh, I had quite a night in this place once upon a time, I'll be honest with you. Um, Kareen, well, I do like the sad time myself, and... Well, I've got a bit of a soft spot for the broken girls, and I spent a lot of time in here. And, well, yeah, that's, it's as simple as that. Dieter's a bit of a bugger, and he, yeah, kept plying with me with, with the booze and keeping Karina around. He kept forcing her back into the room. All the, terrible stuff, really. Now, in hindsight, I regret all of it, but it's as simple as that. I mean, I'm in debt. So you're working off your debt? 
basic role. Not working it off. I mean, look at me. I'm, I'm behind a bar because nobody bloody wants me. Oh, don't say that. You're pretty enough. Do you want? Oh, hang on. Wait. His, his eyes light up, and he's, he's got a feeling like maybe there's a sale coming. Wait, hang on. Well, the rate is uh, 200 for a full service. I'm pretty cheap like that. And um, well, yeah. What do you do? You want some? Who's this Dieter fellow you mentioned? He oh, sounds like he's a right character. Dieter was the, the manager, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dieter. Dieter. Well, I haven't seen him around today yet, but he's there. Uh, well, you know him when you see him, because he's the only bloke that will be walking around here that don't look like uh, either of you guys, and uh, well, dressed a fair bit better. You know that top shelf of booth behind me? That's his. Ah. So uh, yeah, you, you keep your eyes out. You'll spot him. But yeah, as I say, he, do, he doesn't really deal with us too much. He tends to leave uh, leave the uh, shop floor as it is to uh, Vander. All right. Who's uh, who's this Vander girl then? He points her in her direction. Well, as I said, Vander Vander's the old end. She's she's the one that runs with the rest of everybody, keeps us all in line, uh, makes sure that Dieter knows what's going on when he's not around. So uh, he looks around the room, scans through the kind of smoke and fog and fog of everything that's going on there fuck. and across the room uh, stood by one of the alcoves peering in pulling a curtain back seemingly kind of keeping an eye on what's happening is an aged woman she's about 55 slightly rotund she's wearing a nightgown that's got frilly edges kind of uh, mm. it, it's like the the archetypal pink fluffy nightgown Long, with the, with long, the fluffy cuffs, fluffy cuffs collar, yeah. fluffy lining on the bottom. Okay. It's not quite. It's not really sexy. It's more of like a, like housewife kind of a nightgown. Right. Like okay. she's she's clearly a woman that's not trying to seems, be sexy. Seems a little out of place in this place. Mm. Okay. So she's peering into this alcove and keeping an eye, and uh, she pulls back after a few moments, sort of nods to herself, like everything's going okay in there, and uh, turns back around, leans against a post that one of the alcove edges mm-hmm. and sparks up a smoke and stands there taking drags is that is that her over there is that the is vander you were yeah that's the one looks a bit formidable <laughs> mm, yeah like i said she keeps an eye on everything i reckon she'd have a sloth spot for you silas <laughs> nice of you to say yeah she likes the soft boys like whip them into shape. You you seem retired that like might like a bit of discipline. I'm just gonna push him towards it, basically. <laughs> Get in there, lad. You're taking some rather large leaps of logic there, but um, I guess I. What, what am I asking her? It's I, I usual, hopefully. Oh well. <laughs> uh, okay. You're the brains of this operation. I'm just needing to get past the big girls at the front. Go on. Okay. Well. Uh, I take a long sip of my cranberry juice. So fucking hardcore. <laughs> it was the face. It was the face you pulled. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Okay, so I, as, as I walk over, I'm, I'm just trying to think what information I could ask Vander that I'm, we might not be able to get from the barman. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to kind of recap what we know. Okay, so keeping in mind that Vanda has been described as the woman that keeps everything in line. If yeah. there's anybody that talks directly to Dieter that actually works in the club, it's her. So discretion is probably key. Mm. Okay, so I'm wandering over to um, Vanda. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, uh, uh, hello there, madam. Um, uh, what a lovely evening. If you say so. Um, 
Well, she yes. takes a deep drag as you talk to her with a look of impassive hatred on her face. Just, it's just, a na- she's got beyond resting bitch face. She's got resting harridan face. Like, it, it, it's the worst kind of like judgmental housewife you can think of is okay. staring you down. As she's you- got her with like curlers in her head, cigarette in one hand, but like a rolling pin in the other, as like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. She's not quite there. The curlers are out of the hair because she's looking ever so slightly glamorous. She definitely Whoa. does wear curlers in her hair out of hours. <laughs> so good. And yeah, the cigarette ash is hanging limply from the cigarette as she just stares you down. Okay. Um, so uh, the, the the barman uh, said uh, said you, you'd be the one to talk to because you, you run this place. Uh. Yeah, not quite. Oh, well, he must have been... What do you want anyway? What do you want with the owner? What do you care about who runs this place? She just... raises an eyebrow quizzically. Oh, I'm making conversation. <laughs> Yeah, it ain't really the type of place we do conversation, love. You, you want to go and talk to one of the uh, one of the scantily clad ones over there? Is she? And she just gestures generally outwards towards the room. With any any of them will do. She doesn't care where you go as long as you're not talking to her. I'm gonna uh, well, I'm gonna wander. Over. I was gonna say I feel like Silas is very meek. I'm gonna wander <laughs> over sort of thing, and he's very easily steered away from stuff like this. Oh yeah, she can she can see the look in his eye of oh god, this woman. So uh, Sailor's is very out of his element here, <laughs> should we say? So as, as I walk as I walk past Sailor's, I'm just gonna pat him on the back as if to say like don't move, Ooh. just stay where you are, um, and then basically go so I'm side by side with uh, Vanda, mm-hmm. um, and go. Sorry, love. He's uh, he's not great at this. He's uh, he's quite fond of you. You're uh, you're very much his type, and uh, he's struggling to ask a question. Yeah, she wants to ask. So maybe you could help him out a bit. Vanda, having kind of winced at your approach, getting so close to her and standing right next to her, takes a step sideways away from you, looks over to you. Who the bloody hell are you then? What the hell was this all about, you two? I don't know this guy from Adam. What are you saying he bloody likes me? And she gets a little flustered in a way that's kind of like, can she quite believe you? No, she doesn't right now, but part of her wants to. Look, he's, uh, as you can see, not great at this social stuff. He's a, uh, you know, nerdy type indoors all the time. I'm just trying to make sure he gets a bit more comfortable, you know, sees what life's really about. And uh, he's always had a thing. He's got something of a of a mother complex, you know. And oh. well, you're you're more of it, more of his uh, type than any of the other girls in here. Or well, guys. I never did have any kids, but I've always felt like a mother around here. And she looks over and catches a glance at Shu, and Shu's eyes shoot immediately away from her, and she smiles, realizing the line that um, Jars is going down. I've just kind of he's doing his best attempt to sort of put a bit of a grin on his face as if to say yeah yeah he's yeah okay that's you know <laughs> turning her attention back to the fact that you're putting on your best impression of being interested yeah Fanda kind of warms ever so slightly alright well what, what are you interested in well when I when I was young my mother always used to read me bedtime stories oh kind of stories well um old uh, stories of what the world used to be like uh, back in uh, you know the, the heroes and uh, oh, wi- oh, oh. wizards and uh, other elves and uh, 
halflings and um that's how the world used to be oh that's what she told me <laughs> i don't know about that i've seen a lot of the old uh, they called them videos i, I saw video they're called tridios. no 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 these older ones and then she kind of like takes a second to realize that she's giving away something about her age here that she's had any interaction with this stuff Oh, well, they're not like Tridios, they're only like, they're, they're like flat, they're just on the screen. I saw like this one um, where there was this song, Now uh, the world don't move, to the beat of just one drum, what might be good for you, might not be good for some, uh, it was brilliant. Like that, that's old culture, it was all about this rich family and they adopted these kids, like it didn't have any elves or nothing in it, like there was a time where there was none of that. You like uh, classical music don't you, doesn't this fall into that? I, I mean, it, uh, I'd have to hear the melody and again, and maybe some read some sheet music, but uh, I might do. I'll see if I can find it. I mean, it's I'll, I'll put it in storage. It was something that my grandparents gave to me, like a hand-me-down. Like they wanted to keep a little bit of past alive, and well, I like watching that kind of stuff. Oh, uh, why don't you tell me all about it? Uh, all right then. Well, it'll be uh, well if you just want to talk. I suppose I can cut a deal. Well, um. It'd normally be about 100, well, I'll call, I'll call it 50, just for talking. All right, that's, uh, that sounds rather reasonable. I'll, I'll, I'll come with this, it's my treat. You're doing, you're doing good, you're both doing great work. Oh, I'll, uh, I'll leave you guys be. I'm going to go chat to the barkeeper. Oh, oh, well, that's very nice of you, Giants, thank you. She nods over towards an alcove that's nearby with its curtains pulled back. And uh, very clearly it's a boudoir, there's yeah cushions and <laughs> a bed and what have you. And she leads you over towards that room and pulls the curtain behind you. Okay. Okay, so Giles, you've been left in the club. Um, you've polished off the drink that you were given, um, and you can see that the people are still milling around. There's still four people, including Bert, left in the room. Shoes eyeing you still. Now that Vander's gone out of sight, he's back to sort of like scanning the room, and you're the only person in it, so he's locked eyes on you. Not looking you in the eye, but he's kind of definitely, hey, if you look in my direction, I'm I'm with you. In the other corner of the room is a pole. Along to the beat of the music, a um, slender human man is dancing on the pole. Um, in the other corner of the room is a another pole. On this one, there is a young woman who is just sort of limply twisting around, hanging by one arm, not really dancing so much as swaying. But tell me, uh, what's going on with her dancing? She doesn't look really like. She doesn't really look like she's into it. Oh, that's that's the girl that um, she she's the one that got me trapped here. She's the one that I told you about. A bit of a sad case that one. Keeps away from me now, nah, cause well, it's a bit awkward two of us being here like we are, cause things we did. I, I don't know if she uh, liked all of that, but I did. And he looks at you with a sort of look of, you know, how it is mate. Puts into some fucked up stuff. <laughs> Possibly. What's her name? Uh, that one. Her name's Corrine. Shoe, if you keep looking at me like this, I'm going to have to charge you, mate. Shoe, like, he's sat about three, four metres away on a small sort of cushion that's a, like, he's at waist level, like, his head is at waist level to where you are at the bar. And he kind of looks around frantically for a second, like, Ah, damn, it's all going wrong. I thought I was going to make some money. You can see a little bit of sweat on his brow and he just looks away and waves a hand at you like, okay, okay, okay. So I see your friend made, uh, made a friend with Vander there. I can't quite believe that that's what he's into. But what, 
Anybody taking your interest, or uh, will you just want another drink? What do you want, mate? I'll have another drink, mate. Uh, same again. All right. How much are these drinks? Uh, you're running a ten. I, I told you, I accrued a debt. Yes, yeah, so and he looks drinks? down and. Did you not read the sign on the way in? I don't do a huge amount of reading. It was 120. Yeah, and you didn't you didn't keep going after that, no? I was a little distracted by the uh, the girl in the door. Hey, girl. Yeah. What, what girl? The tall one. Dasha. Oh, stunning. You fucking kidding me, mate? Dasha. She's fucking horrible. Married to you, mate. You, you, you got to be more open-minded than that. Well, now that I think about it, well, she came running through here a second ago. Look on her face. She do, I don't know what was going on. She looked like she was in a panic. Full-blown ran through the old club. Everybody was up and up, like, staring at her because she came through so fast. I've never seen that girl moving like that. Jail's just smirks. <laughs> just a oh. shit-eating grin. What do you say to her to make her do that, then? Uh, nothing, nothing I don't normally say. Oh, why were the words, eh? Well, I try to, try to. All right then, mate, well, um, I mean, Dash is not on the menu, but um, I don't know if we've got anything else to your taste, if that's what you're into. You know, you still haven't answered my question about drinks. Drinks? Oh, well, my... As I said, uh, on the signage outside, if you paid attention, uh, these, these drinks all run at 50 apiece, and, well, you've had, uh, what was it, two quads, so we're looking... I had a double, mate. What the fuck are you talking I'm about? I'm quite certain you ordered quads. I'm quite certain you're going to get your head smashed in if you keep fucking lying to me. Uh, but having noticed the fact that you're quite built takes a step back for a second. We're not going to have a problem here, are we, mate? Oh, as long as you don't fucking make one. All right. Let's see. Dasher comes in here running all bashful and you think, you, you think you're going to try and rip me off. Well, all right, well, let me just, uh, I'll take a couple of those off, don't worry, all right, I get it, you don't know the prices, I'll take some off, um, let's, let's just call it around 50 for now, for what you've, what you've had already. We'll go with and, that. And, uh, let's just say, you keep, you slow it down from here on out. I'm just gonna, I don't uh, know the way this is going. I'm gonna close that tab and just pay you for that, and we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. He's a nice guy, it'd be a real shame to ruin this. You know what, it makes a change when somebody talks to me like that. Normally these things escalate out of the blue and I end up with the black eye and Dasher in here bashing the guy's head against his desk and I'm quite sick of getting the bloodstains out. So, yeah, takes the 50, assuming you've held it out to him. Yes. He puts the, uh, well, he takes your credit chip, puts it into the, uh, the till and quite quickly goes to, uh, you know, all right, mate, well, you enjoy your drink. I'm gonna go back to work. So with that, Bert turns around Looks, he, he busies himself in a way that's very clearly a barman not really doing much but doesn't want to talk to you anymore. So he's polishing a glass in a fairly perfunctory way. Cool. Okay, so back in the boudoir with Vander. Uh, Vander has. Well, what, what do you want to do, in fact? How do you enter this room? Because Vander's walked in, she's closed the curtains behind you, the bed's in front of you, there are a couple of armchairs, okay. there's a selection of drinks, there's uh, again fragrance in the air and there's the option to switch on some music. The curtains are surprisingly heavy and have blocked out a lot of the sound that was coming through. The bass is mostly what's coming through. I feel like uh, Salus would have read, read the sign out front so I'm not picking up any of the drinks. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm on a budget. <laughs> um, I take a seat in one of the armchairs? I feel, well, you know, we've already established it's going to be, you know, I'm here for the talking. <laughs> okay. <coughs> Uh, Vander notes you picking an armchair rather than a bed. And, 
Oh, I thought you wanted me to tuck you in, tell you a story. Oh, if, if, if. Oh, that would be rather nice, actually. Now you mention it, I thought we oh. were just going to have a bit of a Well, chat. then, my lovely little boy, let me get your head down to rest. And she starts to kind of, like, <laughs> cradle you, like, behind the head with one hand and, like, lead you forward towards the bed. And she goes, oh, my little lad, my little sunshine, I'm going to treat you nice. I'm going to tell you all about the legend of the EastEnders. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That'd then- be magical. Um, yeah okay that's going to do it for this episode our next episode the second part of our Shadowrun storyline will be available as usual in two weeks time on Thursday the 13th of September in the meantime you can get in contact with us on Twitter and Facebook both of which we are at Pretend With Dice you can also email us at pretendingwithdice at outlook.com if you're an iTunes user, it'd be really great if you could leave us a rating and review. Uh, it all helps us to find new listeners, and we'd love to hear what you think of the podcast. Uh, so, yeah, for now, that's our show. I hope you all enjoyed it. We'll see you next time. <laughs>